How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Like me, like me in a one, two, three. Sports to the Max is on the air. News Talk 830 WCCO, your gateway to the Northwest and beyond. It's always a good day when I get to talk to Jeff Nelson, Major League Baseball umpire. He worked the All-Star Game. He worked Game 7 behind the plate of the World Series. And now he waits to work again, I guess, like everybody does. But it's always good to visit with him about baseball. He grew up here, Park Cottage Grove, Bethel University, and uh, has made his way to the big leagues and ascended uh, for quite a few years now. Jeff, how many years is this for you in the big leagues now? This will be 25, which is hard to believe. Is it really? <clears throat> yeah, it sounds like I'm talking about someone else when I say that, but... It's actually going to be 25. Now, now yeah. did, did you start the season 25 years ago, or did you get called up during the season? How does it work for an umpire? Yeah, I, I got called up uh, May 9th, 1997. You don't forget those dates. Yeah. Um, so that's when I worked my first game at Dodger Stadium. And I was a substitute in 1997 uh, and 98 and got hired uh, April 1st of 99. So you can accrue some service time uh, prior to getting hired full-time, which I did for one year. So when you're a substitute umpire, you're not working the minor leagues? You're, you're kind of like on call and they just place you wherever they need you? Or what is that? You're on call, but you're working in AAA whenever you're not working in the major leagues. Okay, so but, you but any be, day you could be called away from there, huh? Right, yeah. I remember one night uh, or one day in Vancouver, I left in the middle of a doubleheader and um, and went to San Diego. <clears throat> so you're you're on call constantly. Back in those days, uh, we bought our own pagers so that we wouldn't miss those phone calls. Oh, pagers, <laughs> huh? And, and if you're sitting out there on the first base side and there's a crucial call and you hear that little buzz, you're going, oh, God, I really want to look at this, but i got to make this call first. I mean, I, I'd imagine during the inning when you get that little that little <clears throat> buzz as we used to get from a pager, uh, you're wondering, huh? Well, we, we didn't bring them out in the field just for that reason. Uh, because okay. Because uh, it would be distracting, and you'd be checking it, you know, every five minutes. But um, but you definitely checked it every time you went back to the locker room, and any time you weren't on the field, you had it right on your hip. And uh, they even went off in the plane sometimes. So <clears throat> we were always happy to see that uh, that device go off and and vibrate or, or ring or whatever it was doing at the time, because we didn't have cell phones yet. 
Now, did you have the same kind of awe feeling that a player gets when you walked into Dodger Stadium for your first game? Absolutely. You, we come in on the top um, of the stadium, and, of course, the stadium is built into a ravine, and you take an elevator down many, many uh, stories and floors. And I remember <clears throat> at one point someone else got off the service elevator and the doors opened up behind home plate and you could see the stadium and, you know, the the people there, the the players warming up on the field and and it uh it sent chills down your spine because you you weren't in the minor leagues anymore it was really exciting it was it was really cool oh i'll bet and you know the minor leagues come a long way too i mean what are the impressions i would imagine for a minor league umpire the saint paul saints pretty good uh, destination because you're you're in the twin cities and working a good ballpark yeah i think they uh like coming to the twin cities from what i've heard um you know it's uh it's a great place minneapolis or saint paul and, um, you know, when they're not stuck out in the middle of nowhere, you always appreciate that because, yeah. you know, I served my time in Pocatello and Idaho Falls and Medicine Hat, and um, there's nothing to do in those towns. There so just isn't, is there? And especially at 1030 at night when the game's over, if you want to get something to eat, good luck, huh? Good luck, yeah. And in Medicine Hat, um, we would they would play on Sunday nights for some reason, and uh, they, the hotel would kick us out at yep. checkout time. Yep. So we'd just go to the mall and sit down, but the mall was closed. The doors were open, but the mall was closed. We had to sit somewhere, so we just sat on a bench <laughs> in, the, in the mall that was closed down. And that was a real glamorous life then. <laughs> you don't forget that <clears throat> stuff, though, do you? You don't. You don't. You do your own laundry. You do all that kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, you appreciate when you don't have to do that anymore. So now here we sit, Jeff. We've talked to you, I remember, a couple of years ago when it was delayed because of COVID, et cetera. Now delayed because of another reason. As an umpire, what do you do right now? Uh, it was kind of deja vu, but um, right now, um, March is a real busy month for us because um, everything logistically is kind of coming together. So if we were working games, we'd be twice as busy, and now it just gives us a chance to kind of catch up and get ready for things. We're basically operating as if the season's going to start any day. So we're, um, you know, on a personal level, I make sure I'm, I read the rule book cover to cover. I read our manual cover to cover, all of our memos, and I'm, I'm up to date on that stuff. <clears throat> and then I'm still working out four days a week with a personal trainer, and we have uh, staff Zoom calls for positioning, um, for rules and tricky plays, and for uh instant replay announcements which we're going to do this year so oh, are you going to add that this year <clears throat> we're going to add that this year we're going to we're going to join the ranks of the youtube blooper reels uh, <laughs> <laughs> so like the nba does you look into a camera and say this yes yes and and uh it's gonna it's gonna probably sound more like the nfl because it'll be you know after review such okay. and such and we'll we'll so we've been training for things like you know where to look you know, where to stand, when to do it. I'll give you some tips when I'm down there. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Learn how to love the camera, okay? <laughs> it's weird. It's weird because you're, you're always trying to be off camera, and now you're going you're gonna to be uh, Yeah, you know, that, and that center. is a little bit of the, you know, the whole idea of across mm-hmm. the board, you know, how much do you want people to know who's umpiring and refereeing a game, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's nice to just – I've been very lucky in my career, and I was just talking with some NBA referees uh, last night because um, I went to a game to see them and met up with them after the game. People recognize them because they don't wear a hat or have a mask over their face. We're really pretty lucky. There was only a handful of guys that people recognize on the street. 
the rest of the time we can walk right through the crowd and nobody knows who we are, and that's great, you know, because we don't want to uh, revisit the game with every person that we run across on the street. So we, we're lucky in that regard. No, no, for sure. Uh, now, could you, let's just say, now, it, it, obviously the minor leagues are going right now. Could you go mm-hmm. down and work some inter-squad games or some minor league games? Is that what they'll do with major league umpires to get them ready? You know, I think it depends. It'll depend on when um, a deal is struck and how much of, uh, of March is left and how they want to, you know, kind of use the facilities and what kind of weather there is up north. You know, uh, two years ago, you know, everybody remembers that the clubs trained in their home cities because it was July and they oh, went yeah. there and it was real convenient. Uh, this time, you know, I don't know if there'll be any of March left. I don't know if the weather will be warming up up north for teams to train in their home cities. It'll all kind of depend. I haven't heard anything yet on that. Um, but we'll we'll do some kind of games. Um, I don't think anybody's anticipating working anything in the minor leagues at this point. Uh, I don't know, but I don't think they are at this point. I think we'll just do something on a major league uh, level. Uh, that's what I would expect. Um, whatever the major leagues use for training, we'll kind of piggyback on that and uh, uh, work whatever they've got. Major League Baseball umpire Jeff Nelson is our guest from right here. By the way, I saw your picture on the wall. Is it Park Cottage Grove at a gymnastics meet? And there you are in the Hall of Fame, my man. Oh, wow. <laughs> you do get around. I do get around everything. I, I, you know, when you're, uh, well, in this case, I was playing the role of parent, but, uh, you, you know, you, you go out there, and, and I always look, and I, when I, I'm in one of those schools, and, and you see a Hall of Fame, and I go, I wonder how many of these people's names I'll recognize over the years, you know? And uh, mm-hmm. and there were a few, you know, obviously Sam Jacobson and uh, 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 Jummy, the, she's a track coach at Eden Prairie. And uh, there were a couple others where you kind of forgot. Oh, Luke Appert, you go, I forgot. Yeah, that's right. He went here. That kind of a thing, you know. Yep. I always used to look up uh, and see the pictures of uh, Glenn Berkwin and Mike Walseth and uh, and say, wow, those guys were kind of larger than life athletes. To you. Their time mm-hmm. at, in Park Cottage Grove. So, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird to. You know, to have something up in the wall there, but, but it's cool. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <clears throat> can you stay on with us for a quick break? Sure. Take Jeff Nelson as our guest. We come back. I want to ask him about some of the strangest things he's seen as an umpire. And I have a qu- real specific question. Uh, something that referees and umpires, I want to know what the code is for it because I think it's an important piece of refereeing or umpiring that probably doesn't get talked about enough. Stay with us. Jeff Nelson is our guest, Major League Baseball umpire in his twenty fifth season already getting ready to work a season that he hopes will begin. Jeff, do you get much involved in um, trying to figure out when this might end, or do you just watch the media reports like everybody else? I just pretty much watch it like everybody else. Um, yeah, I don't really know much. I know I know the details of everything starts to get real complicated, and there's no sense getting all caught up in the drama for someone like me. There's really not. I mean, the, the ship's going to sail when it sails, right? Now, now you talk, mentioned NBA referees, and I know Eric Curry texted me. He said he, he talked to you as well. We're going to have Eric on on Sunday, the referee, not the gopher player. Um, what do you guys talk about? A lot of, is there a lot of camaraderie amongst uh, referees and umpires? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of us. Uh, I know a lot of the basketball guys like um, like Eric um, and – you know, then Kenny Maurer from St. Paul, obviously, yep. and, and um, several of the other guys in the NBA, and, and Bill Spooner and Steve Javi used to have a, a baseball background uh, and worked in the minor leagues as an umpire. And so um, there's a lot of uh, common experiences and, and a lot of uh, commonality between the two jobs. So it's it's a lot of fun. And I enjoy basketball. I have a basketball background. So, um, 
I follow Eric's schedule quite a bit and uh, and like watching his games, and it's fun to go and watch a uh, basketball game with the officials. It's uh, kind of funny because, uh, you know, Eric, of course, I've known for years, and he, I see <clears> that, <throat> that full head of gray hair, and I know exactly how he runs. And so even if I can't see his face, I know I know if he's working that game, you know? That's exactly right. You can always spot him. Yes, a, yes. Great bas- I call it basketball hair. He's got he's it. Got it. He's got it for sure. Did you did you referee a lot of basketball? Um, I did a little bit, uh, <laughs> fairly poorly, um, when I was in the minor leagues. Uh, in As the a winter job kind of thing, winter make yeah. a few bucks. Yeah. Yeah, for for a couple bucks. I didn't I didn't get into it real seriously, but my first um, taste of officiating and my first kind of interest in officiating was basketball officiating because I saw what they did and I thought that was interesting. And so uh, I thought that someday I would get into officiating and it would be basketball. But it just turned out that someone needed a baseball umpire one night in Cottage Grove. And, um, and I said yes. And the rest is history, as they say. Now, here's, here's the thing that I, I, I want to ask you about. <clears throat> I see this um, at every level. Um, and it's, uh, <coughs> excuse me, it's... um. Uh, the importance of the optics, uh, in all due respect to Ken Kaiser, but the importance of a referee, you mentioned you go to personal training f- trainer four days a week, uh, a referee, umpire, whatever it is, looking the part of looking semi-athletic or athletic, how much does that help in terms of street cred and selling a call that at minimum it looks like you care about yourself and you probably are going to hustle to try to make the call right, but you take this thing seriously. How much do, does that physical uh, conditioning help send a message? So I think um, once upon a time there was an umpire look, and it was an old man yep. wearing shoes with heels, and um, they were kind of on the heavy side, kind of gruff and crusty. And and Bruce Fremming always used to kind of brag that he had that umpire look, and he did for the day and the era in which he worked, and it used to be kind of a, a fun joke around the locker room. But I think uh, today in the last, you know, 20, 25 years, um, expectations for officials have really changed, and they've, you know, been improved and upgraded in terms of appearance, athleticism. I know the NBA requires its prospects for officiating to run a certain way. Um, when when we were evaluating umpires at the umpire school for professional baseball, we paid attention to how a, an umpire moved around the field and how he ran um, because, as you say, um, it projects an image of athleticism. And I think there's uh, there's some credibility with the players because it's not openly stated, but they want someone – uh, to officiate the game who they think has played the game and understands um, their aspect of the game. Yeah, and, and we, you don't talk about no it, but I think there, it, but, I think it's yeah. a very important piece. I think it's the same as true with reporters. Mm-hmm. When you walk in the locker room, if you look like you've played some sports, etc., I, I do think there's, a, you know, because it, 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 it's what you've seen your whole life. If you're an athlete, you, you look at somebody and you, and you always assess, and you're going, well, that looks like an athlete, or that doesn't look like an athlete, and I think it helps quite a bit. But that that's also an important tip to give as people that want to get into the business, that that is part of it, right? Yeah, and there's there's an expectation, um, you know, that you're going to be in physical condition and and be able to withstand the rigors of a of a very long season. In in all the sports now, on a professional or a Division One level, there are long, grueling seasons, and you need people to be able to withstand those uh, you know seasons. In my case, I'm I'm 56. I'll be 57 in in June. 
I need to have a strong core to get through the season with the, the things I'm asked to do on the field, you know. Um, so I'm never going to win a bodybuilding contest, but I have to have a strong core to try to, you know, stay healthy out there uh, so I don't break down. So, you know, it, it is important. It's becoming more important as the years go along because they can, you know, the leagues have more and more um, first-rate uh, prospects for officiating, and they can be choosier. When uh, <clears throat> With replay, has that made it easier on umpires because it takes the burden off, or do you, does it become a game where you ruled this way and you're, you're constantly competing against the replay? I think – it, replay, you know, it's kind of been a mixed bag of, you know, good and un- unintended um, results. Um, it's here to stay, so it's not like anything I'm going to say is, you know, going to change the status of replay. But um, for umpires, I think it's, it, it's added a new challenge and a new aspect to calling plays because the play is not over um, with the initial tag. Um, the the runner might overslide the bag or pop off the bag by a half inch. And there might be something that's impossible for a human being to see, but the camera picks it up. And uh, that was not an intended consequence or, or purpose for replay. It was meant to initially um, correct the obvious miss, but it's been something because the cameras are so good and the resolution is so high and they've got super slow mo uh, that they can pick up stuff. And of course, teams are going to naturally want any kind of edge that sure, they can yeah. get. And you can't refute so, it sometimes. No. And, and so, yeah, you're competing against a series of cameras surrounding a base, um, whereas you as a human being can only grab one spot to see the play, and you see it one time in real speed. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's more challenging. Um, the, the, you know, the good part about replay is that when a play is missed, it can be corrected, um, and, and so you don't get – plays named after you where you're going to be, you know, the lead story on sports center that night, because yep. you yeah. supposedly missed a play that cost the team, the game, which cost the team, the pennant, which cost the thing, you know, all that kind yep. of stuff. Don so Dinkinger, part, yep. Exactly. And yep. that, that part's good. And when you get overturned, it stings because yeah, there, it's embarrassing. You, you know, you've got pride. Uh, you don't like to miss anything, but it's better than the alternative. And so, um, yeah, you'd rather just, flip the call, turn it into a non-story, and move on and play the game. What's the easiest kind of pitcher to work behind home play? Is it just the guy that throws strikes and is consistent, or is it more to it than that? I think it's a right-handed control pitcher who throws strikes. Yep, yep. <laughs> no tail there, getting the, uh, go, taking it from the black to, just off the corner, right? Yeah, you know, um, he's retired now, so I can say his name. I liked working Scott Baker. Okay, um, yep. He, he, he threw when Scott Baker threw to Drew Butera, that was a good draw. Um, I don't know if Drew's playing anymore, so I took a chance with him. But but he, they used to be a tandem um, at times, and that was a good draw. Drew would catch the ball, present the ball very well. Scott, you know, threw strikes, pitched to contact, and those are nice nights. You know, those really are. And, and when you when you step in there, you know, first inning. Uh, I, I'm sure every catcher is different, but w- what's that conversation like? Is he saying this is how we're going to approach it tonight? How, how much? How many clues do they try to give you? Um, sometimes, if they if it's a pitcher that they don't think we've seen before, they'll mention 
the the pitches that he throws uh, while the pitcher's warming up. That doesn't generally help me as much as just getting back there and seeing the pitches. But there's sometimes they'll have a a nasty split finger pitch or or he'll speed up with two strikes and try to catch the you know the batter off. Sure, uh, you want to know that, right? Or they'll say don't give up on his curveball because it's a late break or something, huh? Yeah, yeah, and th- and that that can help. That can help. Um, you know, you don't ever want to overthink that too much because you don't want to anticipate a call. So you want to just still see uh, what the pitch does and track it for what it really is. So there, you know, that's helpful to an to an extent, but then you've just got to track and see what actually happens. Last question: Is it as much fun as it's ever been? Hmm. Um. Wow, that's a that's a good one. Um. Yeah, in in a, in a lot of ways, it is. Um, I know the games are longer right now, so it, the seasons take more out of you. But at the same time, I think when you get down to your last, you know, five, seven years in your career, you start looking back and appreciating the experiences you've had and the chances you've had to, uh, to see important things that have happened in baseball history. And that's pretty darn cool. Um, not a lot of people get a chance to have that experience. And you look back and you appreciate it because it's coming to a close. So that's pretty cool. I hear you, man. Keep up the great work, and I hope I see you down at spring training working a game. That sounds great. I'd love that. Always good to visit with you, Jeff. Appreciate it very much. Jeff Nelson, great slice of Minnesota, 25 years in the big leagues and county. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.